invite you now to join our conversation, an instrument of healing as we share how each of us can grow through times of illness, grief, and loss. Our wish is through these words you will discover a healing community that promotes insight, reignites hope, and nurtures peace. Welcome. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Kelly. This is Jeffrey Cloninger, your producer. I'm joined by Kelly Grosslogs. Welcome, Kelly. Good morning. Thank you. You're welcome. How's I just, it going? I just love that I have somebody who's producing this that has professional voice and who's had years of training for it. Well, I appreciate that. I think everybody has a voice. It's just, are they using it? Right. But I was listening to some of our former episodes last week, and it's just, it's such such an honor, Jeffrey, to have you lead us in these conversations. So I, I'd like to publicly thank you. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> we often don't get recognized, so thanks. Uh, I, you know, speaking of having a voice, today we're talking about the grief that we don't talk about. You know, mm-hmm. all those times, all those feelings that might be bubbling up within or rising inside our bodies that either we're ashamed of, don't know how to express. Yeah, it's... That is a big deal. How many times have we walked through life feeling like that tension between letting it out and pushing it down, right? And not feeling worthy of mm. feeling the grief is, is something I hear a lot about. This episode was based, the reason we chose this episode is based on multiple questions that I've received around the country when I have spoken about, somebody asked me a very profound question once, and I, first of all, I thought it was very brave to ask it. Because the entire audience was talking about the grief they were experiencing over someone they loved. And uh, an individual raised their hand and said, what do you do with grief of somebody you did not like? Or actually, she said despised. Because this individual was her abuser. Mm. And the individual died. And so... Everybody in the community was very sad about this death, and she's sitting there with this information, and the abuser happened to be her father. So what do you do with this grief that is inside that can't be expressed in the way? Can I back up a second? I'm sure some of our listeners are thinking, well, why would you even have grief around that? Excellent question. That is, And, and really, that's, that's the crux of all of this, because people are wondering why they're feeling the way they're feeling. You know, the, the typical grief reactions that our society is, is comfortable with or familiar with are the crying, the missing the person, the wanting them back. The sadness. The sadness, the, the pining for. And there are many people listening today that may have experienced uh, a relief when somebody dies because they no longer have to worry about running into this person, worry about a secret coming out, worry about different things. So there's relief for that. But then there's so much pressure that we place on society for those who are grieving. We make these assumptions automatically. If you hear that somebody's father died, likely the chances that they're upset about it. But I think we also have to be very mindful and sensitive to the fact that there's people out there that when you hear their father died, their first reaction might be relief or it might be joy. 
It might be um, something more of along the lines of I, I'm numb. I don't feel anything. But people are placing upon me that I should be very sad. You know, what I'm hearing too is it's the difference between the golden rule and the platinum rule. Treat each other, treat someone how you would want to be treated. Actually, that's the golden rule, right? Right. The platinum rule is treat somebody how they would want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's the thing is we, we don't know these stories. And especially, I mean, if you meet somebody, you're introduced to them at a new job and they said they're going to be off tomorrow because their father died, you're going to automatically assume, like we all do, that that's a difficult thing. And, you know, my response often is, that sounds really difficult. How is that for you? So really taking the time to ask, to explore, to find out, rather than layering on your own viewpoint or solution. That's right. And if, if we say, I'm sorry... Oftentimes we may we may be connecting with something we don't even know. How about I'm you know I'm so sorry that your dad was so cruel to you. Inside, this is what could be registering for a person. Absolutely. I'm sorry you didn't know your father. I'm sorry you didn't know your mother. I'm sorry your mother was estranged from you. I'm sorry you and your siblings never got along and there was a strife in the family and they said very hurtful things to you. So there every grief Every loss deserves grief, okay? Every loss of deserves any grief. kind. Any kind. Whether it's you're relieved that the person died, but you are ultimately grieving for your loss of innocence, possibly with an abuse situation. You're grieving for what you didn't get out of this relationship. You're grieving for more of this ambiguous loss. And I, I think it's it's really important, though, and the reason we wanted to dedicate an entire episode to this is because not everybody out there that loses people have this, what we would call more of a normal reaction to a loss. And I want to honor their pain as well because it's very complex and it's very complicated grief. And... Sometimes people have to go very, very far back and they have to open up very painful wounds in order to work through this grief. Of course, nobody wants to do that. Uh, yeah, I haven't met one yet. But... Oh, sign me up. <laughs> right. Oh, let's go talk about that thing that happened when I was five. That's that was right. so awful. And that they've been able to have a scab over this wound for most of their life. And then when this, when this disruption happens, whether the person... Um, has died or they're critically ill and they're at the end of their life and now they're trying to decide, do they go? Do they say their goodbyes? Do they go and make amends? Do they go and say, you're an asshole? Do they go, what do they do? And so I've, I've worked with several situations over the years like this and it, it's my compassion and my heart goes out for people and where I can join people is, I'm sorry for what was taken from you, whether it was through estrangement or abuse, or I'm, I'm sorry for what you didn't get. And that's what we can work on. And so, unfortunately, we often do have to go back and we have to rip that wound open and we have to apply a new kind of um, medication, if you will, or a new kind of healing into that. And these wounds can heal. And what it is, is it's, first of all, it's acknowledging that you feel differently about this loss than you may about another loss, and that is absolutely okay. 
some people you're not going to get into the real story. They're going to say, oh, I'm sorry about the loss of your mother. How are you doing? And you can just say, it's difficult. That's the honest answer. Right. You're not avoiding the situation. Right. Or but you don't have to get into misrepresenting why. how you feel. This brings up a whole another point, too, is that grief follows us. And it feels like it's, it is always present, mm -hmm. whether we acknowledge and let it in or not. Correct. And I, many people have heard me say this, that eventually the grief that we experience can become a welcome companion for us. And if you're listening today and you're in the acute phases or the new phases, which I consider the first 15 to 18 months after a loss, you are probably thinking I'm nuts to think that you would ever welcome what you're feeling. And I want to be clear about that distinction is that we hope with time that the intensity of these initial pains will diminish somewhat. And I think it's important to know that, uh, that I'm not speaking to those people necessarily that are in the trenches of it right now. Um, but I do want to provide hope for people. And that even if you're living with a uh, an unrecognized grief or a quieter grief or a really ugly grief, it's maybe something you're ashamed of, that you also can get to a point where you may say, it's okay to stay and I'm not gonna run from you anymore and you have something to teach me. So these difficult, complicated griefs can teach us forgiveness, they can teach us compassion for self, they can teach us to be um, authentic, they can teach us to be vulnerable. So there's opportunities even within these griefs that are quite ugly and, or I should say these losses actually that are quite ugly and something that most of society maybe can't even relate to. So it goes back again to isolation. People I've worked with over the years that, that experience this type of grief where either they're relieved the person dies, they really don't care, it's like say la vie kind of type of thing, they they can feel very isolated and very unheard and under and misunderstood. And the feeling of guilt can also erupt in that space. Yet, no one's there to defray it. That that's exactly it. And typically I'll see it starts with anger or it starts with numb. Like because that feels safer and that's their kind of MO that they've gone through in life is numbing it out because I don't want to think about that and person. And yet that's not wrong in a way. I don't think it's wrong right? at all. Right, because that is what you're feeling. I think you have to honor whatever, yes, I think what you have to honor whatever you're feeling. That It does provide an opportunity when the person has died to do some of the work. And for some people it's safer once they've died because they can they can access it and not have to worry that this abuser or this person that hurt them or their family is going to show up again. So they actually have almost this safer part where they can do their work and they can tap into some real deep sadness, which many people are quite surprised about. And I want to I just want to emphasize this is incredibly understandable and it's incredibly acceptable and it's a deep sadness and people get very confused and sometimes they get very angry. They don't want to feel sadness for this person they've hated their whole life or they don't want to feel sadness for somebody that gave them nothing through their life 
and really what we're getting into is we're tapping into that sadness of what we didn't get and we're tapping into the sadness of what could have been or a sadness of why is everybody else have this close relationship so it seems with their sister but I my sister couldn't stand me or my sister embarrassed me how do you help people garner the courage to go there right it's so scary you know it, it if really you spent a lifetime not going there so if we spend a lifetime not going there it's going to take a considerable amount of time to maybe even encourage somebody to go there so it really has to be done in my opinion if you have a complicated grief like this or you have some traumatic event that happened and prior to this death, whether it was an abuse situation, an estrangement, whatever it may be, I really encourage people to do this with a trained professional. It, it, it needs to be somebody that is actually trained in complicated grief and grief and loss because we need, we who are trained in this um, specifically understand grief from a different perspective than, than maybe some other professionals might understand it. And mm -hmm. we don't necessarily get scared by some of the things that possibly, if you're not trained in this field, you might get scared by as, as a helping professional. So I would really encourage people to do it. Most people want to, you know, I've heard people say, I can't even believe I'm here and spending money on this a-hole and... You know, and I said, we're not spending money on that person. We're investing in you. Absolutely. Investing time in you. And you are here, which tells me you actually are ready to do it. So it's yeah. a it's a gentle, it's a gentle work. You have to really hold the space for people. I think also for the loved ones in these people's lives, they have to be very patient and know that some days, you know, there can be an explosion of anger in their behavior. There can be moments where they get very quiet. There can be moments where they all of a sudden are acting like they loved this person. It, it's, it's a very common phenomenon in grief that our brain can actually trick us into because in this society we put the dead on a pedestal. And so um, Sometimes people will do that just to kind of feel normal, just to kind of feel like, well, this, they, they try it on, if you will. What would it be like if I missed this person? And what hmm. would it be like? Because then all of a sudden now you're isolated. You go to the sympathy cards and it's, they don't have one that says, I'm sorry for the loss of your asshole dad. <laughs> Maybe we should make those. <laughs> That's going to be our next adventure, Jeffrey. And so I think, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, um, or on even on Mother's Day, if somebody's not close to their mother and they go and they try to find these cards and it's like, ah, even yeah. the, you know, it's just so. I, I'm reminded of my own experience and kind of burying my grief because I felt like I needed to be strong for everybody else around me. You know, that's another grief you don't express. That's exactly when there's, it. there's all these expectations that you'll help bring people through the loss, whatever it is. And in that, you're not paying attention to yourself. And I remember a friend of mine saying, you really should start to talk to somebody professionally. And like you said a minute ago, I didn't want to go there. Mm -mm. You know, part of me was in denial around my grief. 
I'm strong, I'm okay, I'm a big boy, mm -hmm. right? And took him quite a few months of just gentle prodding, mm -hmm. gentle conversation, sharing examples of what therapy and counseling did for him, mm -hmm. right? And then I started. That's very helpful. Yeah. When and somebody can share that experience. It, it opened my eyes and he used the best analogy. And I'm going to butcher it, of course. But he said, you know, Jeffrey, here's the thing about grief. It's like a plane going around a, a cloud. You really can't go around the clouds, right? Especially mm -hmm. if it's an overcast day. And that's what grief is. You're going to go through it, right? So what will working with someone do for you, help you go through it faster, more efficiently. And like you said, I started to invest in myself. Yeah. I started to call out and acknowledge the grief. I started to talk about it. And that, thank you for sharing that. And I think, you know, the, the interesting thing is, and you said something that just kind of um, triggered something that I wanted to say too is, help you go through that grief faster. Um, that is what we're all looking for because it's so painful, right? And, and time is so interesting in grief because fast for some can feel like five years. Yeah. And, and fast for some can feel like a month. And yet we don't want to say fast to get to an end point because we know, we've talked about it, grief doesn't end. That's right. It but it does transform. It, and it transforms and it diminishes in its intensity or it, it, we get episodic moments where it can be 10 years after something and just boom, where did that come from? I also like your friend's analogy and I would say that part of working with that person, and if you want to use the plane analogy, is that the person you're working with professionally is your co-pilot. And, and it's so much... Um, of a burden lift to do this with somebody. Right. But at the end of the day, you are piloting your own You're journey. the pilot and they're the co-pilot. Great point. I think that that is... Um, I've been many, many co-pilots to people and it's, it's you know, I, I can't fly this plane for them. Um, I have to fly it with them. And ultimately, if they're the pilot or they're the captain then they they need to tell me where we're going and I will do my best to navigate with them. So, you know, I love that analogy. I also think that that elicits some sense of control too. Like we're doing this together. We both need each other and we need to go through this. It it I will speak from experience and from the countless years I've done this with people and watching them. It is incredible incredibly scary. And when you were going back to the reasons you didn't want to go to therapy, I was listening to you. You were saying, I'm a big boy. I can do this. I'm strong. I don't want to. And I was thinking, those are all the reasons you can go because you are strong. Hmm. And yes, you're a big boy and you're a wonderful man and all these reasons. So there's these reasons that we come up with as to why we don't have to do it actually become the reasons we can. Wow. Wow. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I'm sitting here. I think I need to go get back on the therapy train. <laughs> I know I know somebody I can recommend you to. So I think, you know, it's just for today, for those who are listening and and probably listening by yourself also because you've experienced this grief 
in such a lonely fashion. So I hope as you're listening, you, maybe your world has opened up a little more today. And just, you know, again, remember that every loss deserves grief. And every loss for you can be accompanied by someone who can help you fly that plane. Absolutely. And, you know, I just, I, I feel for people that are out there with this complicated grief. And I also want to say that you too can heal and we can't go back and change. We, we just can't. We can't go back and change the experiences we've had and how people have hurt us and how people have left us and created pain over and over and over again in our lives. We can't go back and change that. That isn't the point of this. The point is to go back, look at the wound again, and then decide what is it now that we can apply to this? What kind of balm can we apply to this? What I love is it that. now that we can go back and, and again, not change? So people will say, what's the point? I can't go back and change anything. I can't live, why live in the past? This isn't about living in the past. This is about going back, re-looking at the wound, and then applying it to the now and how we can... Took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> and how we, how we can, how we can heal in this moment. And in this time. Right. And it is very doable. But again, your your loss to all of us out there, no matter what it is and how ugly and how complicated it is, deserves a grief. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks to our listeners. Be well. Thank you for listening to this CWK podcast. It's our hope that these words bring comfort, healing, and insight to your life, wherever you are and whatever you're experiencing. Please subscribe and share this episode. You can also follow and like Conversations with Kelly on Facebook. One quick note. We've done our best to share some ideas, tips, and techniques to help guide you. This podcast's content is not intended to be a substitute for or constitute professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We encourage you to seek professional medical advice if needed. Thank you.